Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mike O'Brien Show. I am your host in Boston, Massachusetts, Mike O'Brien, with, as always, how do they say that in Wings World? With, with as always, is me, is Garth. I don't even know how he said that. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That. I don't know that that actually ever happened, ever. Yes, it did. It, oh, it, yeah. There was some sort of weird thing, how, how he set, introduced Garth. With me, as always, is Garth, I think. Okay. And then Garth would be like, why do I have to be with you as always? Why can't I? He's like, because it's called Wayne's World. That's what. But anyways. Wayne's well, it's not Garth. It is Jeff Taylor. I bet you looked like Garth back in the day. I feel like you had a Garth haircut in glasses way back in the day. I feel like in seventh and eighth grade, you had long hair and you had glasses. Well, I had long hair until I was 24. Did but you really? I, yes, but I Brit shortly before I met you, I cut all my hair off. But uh, the I had a mullet when I was probably like seven years old, I think. But that was oh, it. Yeah, it did. wasn't you a great one Florida. either. Though it was, I did. I mean, I was in Florida. It wasn't. I. It's not like I said, "Hey, can I get that haircut?" My parents chose to give me a mullet. So because you were growing up in Florida, and you have to. All you the other the kids fr- had them. When I lived in Orlando, I was like, "No one's ever from." And I remember just saying this when I would go out as you would smoke cigarettes uh, during work. And I said, I can't believe I've lived here for over a year and I've never met anyone from Florida, from Orlando, I think specifically. And you're like, I've lived in Orlando my whole life. And I was just like, whoa, it was like the time I met someone from Idaho. I was so floored that I met someone from Idaho that I was just That's like, why we're wow. still friends, because I'm that guy. You're like, I'm not letting go of the guy from Florida. I got to stay in contact with the one guy I know who lived in Florida his whole life. Not even Florida, Orlando, which is even more like no one's from Orlando. I'm, That's di- even- I'm digging behind me because I still have my ponytail in my, I'm not going to look anymore, in my file cabinet. I still have the ponytail because I just, they put it in a ponytail and the girl chopped it off and I kept the ponytail. You kept your hair, you're keeping your hair in a bag. Yeah, so I'm 47 now, so 23 years I've had hair in a bag. You're almost as weird. Almost, uh, I'm almost twice as old as I was when that hair was cut off. That's like, I want to say maybe my parents, I don't think they might have, it's in my baby book, might have kept uh, part of my umbilical cord or something like that, which that's, that's creepy, funny. which is even creepier. Some people keep their kids foreskin, which is even creepier. That's gross. Like, why do you want my penis skin? I don't, that's crazy. Do you know what's upsetting me right now? So I'm in an auction league in fantasy sports and Peter Rogier who's part of this wants to, and instead of just saying next year, we're not doing an auction draft. He's trying to trade for one pick from everyone. So I don't, it's so the auction goes, I don't know. I don't even know what he's doing, but I'm just getting peppered with useless fantasy football notifications saying that someone's offering me a trade and he's trying to trade for all my draft picks. And I'm just like, why is this? Stop bothering me. Is he taking the stance that he personally doesn't want it to be an auction league anymore? I don't want it to be an auction league anymore either. I don't know what he wants. I haven't just right before we started, it just really started. He started really firing up uh, trying to. What's your what's your beef with auction leagues? I've never done one before. I did it this year. I liked it. It was fine. Yeah, I'm in a I'm in my my fantasy baseball league that I've been in for over a decade is is dynasty auction. And I'm in a football league that's that's dynasty auction. It's the best. It's far better it. than anything else. It's, it's hard to commission. It's interesting. It's tough to when you first start doing it. I wasn't like where you're like, oh, I could get like really good guys at the end for like two bucks if I just not spend a bunch of money. Like I would have. I'm always, especially with wide receivers, unless it's like Justin Jefferson or someone really, really good. 
never waste picks on them because you could get like three or four wide receivers at the end where one of them will be just as not just as good, but put up good numbers. Since we started talking about since we started talking about fantasy football and Mm. I think we discussed this in a previous episode before the season, I had the number one overall pick in a draft for the first time I've ever had it before. And it's a lot of stress. And I mm-hmm. picked Jonathan Taylor with that number. Yeah, that was pick. stupid. I, I think know. I, told I should you have taken Saquon Barkley. I knew it. I mm. was thinking. I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't even taken Saquon Barkley. You he's should've. killing it. Yeah, but I mean, he could have gotten him. He could have traded for more picks. Or he went like in the that. top. He went in the top six in that league. Oh, did he? Yeah. Right. I mean, I I should have taken him. It, who's yeah. got the most points as a running back at this point? I don't know. I think it's Saquon. But it's got to be. Oh I, no, it's the kid from the the Detroit Lions. Actually, I think he has the most. Williams. Jerome oh, Williams. Williams? Yeah. I don't know. That was just last week. He just started. Playing no, no, like no, 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 no. It's, it's well, from very, very first week is when he got the most points and he's been consistently good since then. You know what I'm doing? I'm facts checking because I think that you are personally right now doing a Jeff. You sound confident, but you're 100 percent wrong on this. I okay. know you're 100. All right. Well, correct this. me. Correct me. You've I, got the facts in front of you. I think I'll vamp players. all you look. I'll I'll Here vamp all you look. Running back. Yep. Which running back has the most Status, points? All available. Yep. All Stats. available. Stats. Nope. 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 Well, let me say this. I would have been better total, off. I would have stopped saying points. Yes. Yeah, we don't need to hear the the Google Maps version of you finding the stats. But I think the point is that. Whenever there's a, a running back that dominates the year before, that's not the guy you take first the following year. When's oh, okay. the last time a guy actually lived up to number one pick status when he was going into? He is. Okay. I found it. Jamal Williams is way higher than I thought. Yeah. Okay. He's number three. All right, then. Nick Chubb is one. Okay. Barkley is two. The Nick Chubb bums me out because the league that we're talking about, he was my keeper for the for three years. Because I gra- I drafted him when he was a rookie. Sons of bitches. But I had him for two years, and I uh, came in second place in that league last year. So well, This is fascinating nerd talk we got going on. People right like now. listening to other people talk about fantasy football because of the fact that most dudes and I, most people play fantasy football now. I mean... My wife does Women it, but my friend's people. wife. Come on. <laughs> That's, I, I, to be perfectly honest with you, when it comes to sports, I totally agree with you. And <laughs> I really, really don't care how chauvinistic it comes off. I really, really don't like women sportscasters. I don't love women who are like more into football than a guy unless they really know the stuff. Like if I see a girl, like say in a Patriots jersey, and I'm like, uh, how do you think they're going to do this year? And they're like, she's like, they, they have Tom Brady. They, they'll win all the time. I'm like, okay, clearly you're not a real football fan. The views expressed by Jeff Taylor do not necessarily reflect Michael Bryan or no. the views of the Michael Bryan show. No, he but they reflect me. He was born and raised me. in Orlando, Florida and had a mullet the first <laughs> 20 years of his life. You're going to have to. Well, let me ask you this question. It's a serious question. I, I, want, I want a serious answer, not a jokey answer. But when you watch a baseball game, if the play-by-play announcer is 69. a woman, do you enjoy it as much as if it's a man? Um, It depends upon any broadcaster male or female their voice because i'm not really listening to them yeah. it's kind of like it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman well that does come into play when it's a woman because i i hate yes i so i don't I, it's their voice there's some voices i 
I like. Is and I there? Don't like can a- you name a woman broadcast, a woman play-by-play announcer that you appreciate? Leslie Visser. Okay, well, for different <laughs> reasons. She's your favorite um, Visser, but I don't know that she's your favorite know, play-by-play person. I don't know broadcasters' person. names. Well, either. let me. I mean, the only ones that I can think of are the the woman that does it for ESPN and the one like that does Burke. it for the Yankees. I don't like Burke on the NBA, but she's not bad. She's not like I'm not like. But you oh, would prefer? You know who I hate is the guy that does the play-by-play guy with her. Whatever his name is, I can't think of. He's awful. He's been always been awful. And I, I, there was, I can't think of his name, but he's just like, yeah, he's don't get such me wrong. Jock fist sniffer you... and no one does wrong and everyone's just giving it their all. And I mean, he's a play by play guy, so he's not really supposed to give his opinion, but I just don't like that guy at all. So uh, I so, can't think of his name. I can see him, but I, I can't think of his you name. You didn't I answer, you didn't answer my question. Do you like when a woman is doing play by play? Um, I'm starting to, it's starting to grow on me, but I think the woman, um, why can't I think of her? Oh my God, Roger Clemens is in the box. It's like, it's more funny, but if I had to listen to it every day, yes, I don't, I don't know if I could listen to her every day. All right. Uh, but I also, I don't know. There's guys like, I'm certain that there's somebody out there that will change my mind about this but up to this point i've never heard one that i appreciate but it's funny that we're talking about this because i went to the last red sox game don't yesterday don't move on to another was, subject yeah I'm, I'm not done i'm not i'm done. not i'm not done i'm not okay so good. let me get to my point it right, was then. i went to the last red sox game yesterday and they had this big like it was dennis eckersley's last game as a color commentator and everyone loves dennis eckersley because he's just like david price sucks and this guy sucks and this guy's fine. And he's like, he actually like, he he's watching the game and he's telling you. And he's not like, well, David Price seems to be uh, taking his time throwing pitches here. And and I, maybe he's having something with his dog. Or, you know, like, he's just like, David he's Price the local, the he's the Nesson guy. He was the Nesson guy after Jerry Remy started getting sick. So the past like five plus years. Does Eckersley but, have Red Sox roots? Yeah, he played for the Red Sox. He played. I don't remember or, him playing for the Red Sox. He was in A to me. He was, well, yeah, he was before he became a reliever. He was a starting pitcher with the Cubs, the Red Sox, and the Indians. Okay. And then I don't know how he went to the A's, which I loved him as the A's. I love that it was the A's teams, one of my favorite teams. And then I think he went to the Cardinals, and then he had his last year at the Red Sox. But everyone has a funny, it was so funny because everyone was telling, like, Dennis Eckersley's stories and how great of a guy he was and how he did this, that, and other thing. Every time I've ever met anyone who's met Dennis Eckersley, it has him swearing at the person some way. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just about that's like why we love Dennis Eckersley because he'll take the picture and I'll be then you'll be like, now get the fuck out of my face. And you're like, hell yeah, Dennis Eckersley. <laughs> you know, and you're like, yeah, that happened to me. I saw him after a game, I, I was all hammered. But also, he's a recovering alcoholic, and I'm breathing booze breath all over, and I'm taking selfies with him. He's like, you got the picture, and I got the F away from me. And I was like, you got it, Dennis. See you later, buddy. Well, I don't want to name drop, but I was doing a radio show with uh, two brothers that uh, are pretty well-known baseball players, and one of them is a Hall of Famer from the Orioles. And I was stunned at the language that came out of their mouths. I was like, I don't know why, but I just... I understand that you're a professional athlete and this should be expected of you. But for some reason, I had you on a weird pedestal and uh, you curse a lot. So it was the Boddicker brothers. Yep, Mike the Boddicker and his yep. brother 
Man, Brent. I told you I didn't want I didn't want uh, them to know the Ripkins. Um, but I mean, Billy, Billy was, of course, what Billy Ripken is most famous for is the most famous baseball card of all time. Yeah. The fuck face on the, <laughs> on the baseball bat, which is, is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, they I never, were, they were, did you have that baseball card as a kid? I don't, I might have it right now in my, in my garage. I don't, I know. had it, I had it, but it was blocked out because they, they, they figured it out, it, but they, they put the, the thing on it. I have a lot of baseball cards and I did a lot of like playing pool and losing baseball cards and playing pool and winning baseball cards. So I have a lot of like, I probably have a couple Maguire rookies up there. They're worth got, nothing. I know. <laughs> That's why all they're up in my attic. Nothing now. It's so funny that I have them in my attic because they're worth nothing. But yeah, I have all those cards that we thought was worth like we're going to. We're just going to leave like our parents. They had Mickey Mantle cards and they would like put them in their spokes. But that's why those Mickey Mantle cards were expensive. Yeah, because there's a million Mark rookies. Yeah, everyone would just throw them away or use them for something or they get destroyed or their grandmothers threw them out. And now we were like, you can't. And our dads are like, you can't because I had this Mickey Mantle card and it's worth five hundred thousand dollars now. And so we saved all of them. So now everyone has a Bo Jackson rookie card and everyone has a Mark. I also have that. The uh, have the that. fact of the matter is that the Flying Dutchman wasn't exactly the best baseball player of his day. But the fact that there were only like three of those cards is why it's the most expensive card. Who is the Flying Dutchman? Honus Wagner. Oh, right, right. But Honus he was Wagner. he's a Hall of Famer. He is. But he played, I think, didn't he play when Babe Ruth was playing? I mean, Babe I Ruth so. is better than him. But half of that card was sold for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, because they they only made they only made a few of them. They came in like a coffee can or something yeah, like that. Someone had a ha the top half of the Honus Wagner card and sold it for hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's insane. Did you see what happened with the guy that caught the Albert Pujols ball? They offered him two million dollars. That's all I saw. No, 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 no. That's the Aaron Judge guy. The Aaron oh, right. Judge guy caught it. So when you catch a ball like that, yes. someone from the MLB comes and grabs you and says, "We need to authenticate the ball." I do so know the Albert can... Pujols story, but tell it. And so this guy gets catches the Albert Pujols seven hundred three ball, which could be sold for millions of dollars for some reason. I still don't understand why anyone would want that ball for millions of some. I, I, I don't. Whatever. So, anyways, so. He has to authenticate it. But that guy just went full like, don't tell me what to do with my money and my. And he stormed out of the stadium, said no one's touching this ball. And the second he walked out of the stadium, it was worth it was useless because they have to authenticate he, it. They have, have to authenticate it. And once you leave the stadium, you can't get it authenticated because you could just bring back another ball to be like, this is. Yep this is the ball and he could just keep the ball and sell that ball and whatever. So now it's like it, the best he can do is like, give it to Albert Pujols and Albert Pujols may give him tickets next year. Or He's got three like, balls that are worth nothing now. Yeah. Hey, two of them. <laughs> maybe, I mean, who knows? Maybe the guy only has one, maybe has none. I don't it know. It was Lance Armstrong and man, he did not want to give that ball up and he yeah, got no. out of there fast. He like reached into his backpack, whipped out a bike and was out of there. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what the guy who caught the <laughs> Albert Pools. That's just so like, I mean, the funniest story about ball catching, I think it was the Aaron Judge home run where the guy like jumped over the wall. Oh yeah, I saw. I just saw the headline. I didn't see the thing. I think they may have. They threw him out. I don't know if they he's going to get a ban. Yeah, as a guy who's been banned from stadiums before, I've been banned from the Springfield Civic Center. I've been back. I've yeah, been back. yeah, it's yeah. Been it's hard to it's hard to hold up those bans. Yeah, how, how could you, there, what happens is if you end up 
getting kicked out again, then you can get charged with trespassing. That's the thing. Like you can go then back. It's a crime. You can't. Yeah, now it's a crime. It's like Michael. It's like Michael Scott when he had to hold the thief up in the picture of the Chinese restaurant. Never watched The Office. Oh, bummer. All right, yeah, moving on. Seen the moving on. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, like I said yesterday, I went to the last ever uh, Red Sox game of the 2022 season. It was drizzling, but it was at four o'clock, and since it was raining at the the tours, the duck tours I work at. Uh, my boss called me up at like 1030 and was just like, do you not want to work today? I'm like, of course, I don't want to work today. Why would I want to work today? So I got the day off around four o'clock. My lady friend and I, uh, she works at the Prudential Center, which is a 10, 15 minute walk from Fenway. So I went and waited for her, but then she was going to be late. So I said, screw it. I'm just going in. And there was like 15,000 people at this game. It was drizzling and the Red Sox won. And I had my last $10 Bud Lights at Fenway Park. And it was a wonderful experience. Um, I'm, I love going. I don't even care about the actual game. I think it just love an excuse to drink outside. That's my favorite aspect of going. to. I just love going to sporting events. I love drinking with people. I love overhearing people's conversations of acting like they know what's going on in a game when they don't. Or if they're just being way too nerdy and they start talking about weird stats that you've never heard of. But it reminded me of my favorite um, baseball going to a baseball game story of all time, which was in 2005. My roommate and I, Chris Rainville, went to the last game of the year. Same thing. It was drizzling. No one was there. It was the year after they won the World Series, but they didn't make the World Series in 2005. And I'm sitting front row right behind the uh, ball girl. And they had, they're sitting on this stool, which was was just a green piece of wood. And they put a pad over it and it had staples on it and then there's four pieces of rebar and that was like this stool but it was all in like green monster green yeah they're not made they're not made to look good they're made to last not even not really they're just pieces it probably would have fallen apart it wasn't like a but it wasn't like you could buy it like someone handmade this it wasn't like a national produced stool it was someone just said ah throw some stuff on together and whatever so the game ends, it's raining. There's like no security. It was one of those like in the players, like, you know how they all do the, the handshake line. I, I, I don't even, I think the Red Sox won. Everyone, like no one even did the handshake line. They just like, were like, let's get out of here. Like one, two, three Cancun. And they left, you know, and everyone's getting out of there. And I was all hammered. And I said to Chris, I'm like, I'm taking the ball girl school stool when <laughs> we're going to sit here for a little bit. <laughs> And we're going to wait for the stadium to clear out. And then I'm going to take the stool and we're going to go back home. And he was just like, hell yeah, we're totally doing that. And I was like, so we wait because you're waiting for the exits to clear out. So you're not standing in the line. So at this it, point, you're lurking. So no now I'm just, I'm, we're just lurker. sitting. We're just sitting in our seats acting like we're just taking in the last I'm couple mentally, minutes. I'm getting the mental of image of this. Fenway Park. Up. We're just chilling there. Of course, we're both probably 10 Bud Lights deep at this time. And there's a security guard staring right at you from across the way. You don't. There's a security guard staring at me, and <laughs> it's not any security guard. We'll get to the security guard who it was in a second. But so I finally, like, the stadium clears out. I reach over, and I grab the stool, and I put it right up against my right side and walk up the steps go out the start, go out the exit near cask and flag. And as we're, as we're in the, 
the underbelly about to exit the stadium. Like you just see all these people scanning the crowd with their heads, like, like jotting around and you see them. Everyone has their walkie talkie security. Like <laughs> if you didn't, if, if I wasn't the one with the stool, I'd be like, Whoa, like a fight must've happened or something, you know, like security is just like acting like someone's about to shoot the president. And so I make it on to, to Lansdowne street right by cask and flagon. And my roommate just goes run. And I just take off over the bridge. I look behind me. There's four security guards running after me. And I have the stool and I'm holding on a stool and I get to the Uno's in Kenmore Square, which is now empty. And I'm like, I'm just going to hop in a cab because I lived in Brighton at the time and could easily just hop in a cab and just go right up. And then I try to get a cab. There's no cabs. I just sit there. And I just stand there and I'm like, ah, like they're still running after me. So I was like, I lost. And the first like two or three security guards come and they're like, they're laughing because they're like, I don't even know why we chased you over this stupid ass stool. Just because if you get away with it, the next guy will take a stool too. Yeah, but who would have known? And so I hand the stool over to one of the security guards and they're literally laughing and being like, that would have been pretty cool to have. I go, that's why I wanted it. I wanted it in my apartment. I thought it would be cool. I was like, what? That two? I was like 24 at the time. Yeah. And then this big, short, bald monster of a man who just looked like steroids in a jar is just starts like full on sprint as I'm literally talking to two of the security guards and they're almost starting to walk back. And this dude squares up like he's a middle linebacker and about to, like, tackle me. And I kind of, like, step to the side and throw my shoulder. And he falls to the ground. And he's just like, you're under arrest. I was like, you're a security guard at Fenway Park. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? What is this, the and, town? And Do I look like, like yeah. Ben Affleck to you? Yeah, like, and also, like, you know, when you get to the age where, like, if I was, like, 15, I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm in trouble. And at 24, you're like, you can't do anything to me. What yes, are you talking I about? I know that I'm, age. I was that yeah, age. Yeah, like, what are you talking about? You can't do anything to me. You're a security guard. And the guy even kind of looked familiar. And so he's, like, screaming at me. And the other security guards are, like, pushing him. He's like, why would you steal that stool? I go, because I wanted it. Like, what are you talking about? Why did I steal the stool? Why does anyone steal I anything? needed it to feel, feed my family, man. Yeah, like, now they're going to have no bread. And so I just, like, walk away, hop on the subway, go back home, and think nothing of it. And then I got to Google what the years are later. But then someone will. Also, it was Theo Epstein. No, it was not Theo Epstein. It was even better. It was Jerry Remy's kid. And Jerry Remy's kid later is now in jail for the rest of his life for killing his uh, girlfriend. Oh, was that the guy that uh, like they were in the car, like making and out and he accidentally strangled her? No, no. He, he strangled her in their home. Oh, okay. Um, but then also before that, he got in trouble for supplying steroids to players as well. Oh, too. and yeah. himself, it turns out. And himself. And if you look at him, he looks like. And so it was so funny when that popped up. And I was just like, that's the guy that tried to kill me when I stole a <laughs> stool. So God knows what. What like, a piece of garbage you have to be to be Jerry Remy's kid. And the best gig you can get with the Red Sox is security guard. Is security guard. Yeah. And what was this? This was in 2014. 
that was when he pled guilty. So it was probably two or three years before that. So it was like it was like five years later. Like I'm kind of an idiot, but if my dad was Jerry, was was uh, Remy, what's wrong with me? If if Jerry was, Remy, if Jerry Remy was my dad, I'd be at least like a statistician. <laughs> I'd be at least running the papers up and down from the computers. I mean, you didn't graduate high school, so maybe he didn't need that. I didn't graduate middle school. If you get a good, I mean, you had a mullet. You're from Orlando. What do they expect? They don't give diplomas to kids with mullets. (laughs) They, but I mean, he could have been like head of security or something like that. Like, that's probably a good job. If he was the head security officer, you and your buddy would have been in big trouble. Oh, big, big trouble. I know. So that was my, that was one of my many, um, interactions with a murderer in my life that was the first that at least known murderer in my life and then yesterday after uh going to opening day i went did you write down your notes on a check stub a check stub i do (laughs) yeah that was for 50 bucks i don't know what it was for it's probably for if it's 50 bucks it's probably a comedy show because that's all i got is 50 bucks and some half off bud lights you're you're stealing from him at that point basically um and so then i go to the last game of the red Sox, and i'm all hopped up on on bud lights and my lady friend says i have to go back to work i was like well we're going to the celtics game she's like not if you keep drinking i was like sure oh no so is that a thing with you guys? Like, has she started to give you hell about drinking too much? Um, yes, and everyone else I know. So yeah. I mean, that's I yeah, I mean, everybody issues. else you know. It doesn't matter with your girlfriend. That was probably gonna be a problem. I don't like have the writings issues. on the wall. Yes, you do, but more, they're your think, issues. They're not going away. If she can't I, deal with that, then I uh, think it's more. I think it's more of the the uh, price of the Bud Lights than I actually didn't even really drink that much yesterday. I only had three or four Bud Lights at the Red Sox game. Yeah, and then I went to the preseason. I live right next to. the the Boston Garden. I'm like, if I can get tickets for ten bucks, I can't believe the NBA go. season has already started again. The preseason. Not I, know, the I, mean, I mean, but still, they're playing basketball. Yeah. So Macy goes back to work, and she's like, she's like, I gotta do some stuff, but I'll be at the stadium around seven thirty-eight. The game starts at seven thirty, so it's like perfect. Get tickets for like thirteen bucks. Sit up in the nosebleeds. We can't move around when I'm with Macy because she doesn't like doing that. So, anyways, you're sitting in the nosebleeds. It's fine. nosebleeds for basketball is fine, but um, as I'm walking in, there's this dude in a suit with his nails painted green, and okay. he's hammered. He's hammered. What, what color suit? It was like a blue. It was like a. Did blue he look like he was coming suit. from business? Yeah, he would have been from business. He was older. He was in his late 40s. Are you sure he didn't have a fungus? No, no, no. It was nail painted. Weird. It was nail painted. And he uh, is like, does anyone want to, or does anyone want free tickets is what he said. So I was like thinking like, oh, maybe they're lower level free tickets. Yeah, I'll take free tickets. And he's like, all right, you got to come in with me though. And I was just like, oh, okay. So I go in with him and he's like, I only have one ticket. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm my girlfriend's already in there. I'm going to be sitting with my girlfriend. And he's just like, all right, well, yeah, I'll just get you in for free, whatever. And then we walk. He walks me in the stadium and then I'm just like, I have to buy this guy a beer now. Yeah, because he's like he's hovering around. But I already bought the thirteen dollar ticket for me. I thought there were better seats. The seat was in the exact same spot on the other end of the. We were in the top corner. So we got a fifteen dollar beer for a thirteen dollar ticket. No, I bought my thirteen dollar. He 
No, I'm saying he got you in for free and you bought him a $15 beer. So he made two bucks on the deal. Yeah. So that, but then I ended up paying double for the ticket that I already paid 13 bucks for. Like I already bought tickets. No, I understand the the math here. What I'm saying, I'm not, I'm taking you out of the equation. Never go in with a dude that says, do you want a free ticket? Follow me in. That usually ends in some form of action. I should have said, I should have said, let me see where the tickets are first. Yeah. But anyway, I already have, I've taken you out of the equation from his perspective. He bought a $15 ticket. He bought a few telling me it was 50. He said he bought, he bought $50 worth of tickets and, and he was buying and he was, he was hammered. He was hammered drunk. So he didn't even need the beer. No. I mean, we all need more beer, <laughs> but never have enough. But um, yeah, so I ended up spending what twenty eight dollars when I could have just spent thirteen dollars, right? On the ticket, and you had to, you know, go in the bathroom with them, which was even. I weirder. did not. I did not go in the bathroom <laughs> with him. I mean, maybe at some point there's multiple stalls. He might have been in the same bathroom as me, but I did not do anything so anyway the hurricane hit here and it didn't hit hard so it was like a regular thunderstorm but as i think i've told you before did you get thunder and lightning or no yes you did yeah yeah yeah. and wind and rain a lot of rain uh my brother's house is two feet underwater right now what the whole thing he lives over on the saint john's river that would have been great if you're like he has a tent next to the river (laughs) (laughs) lives in a van down by the river (laughs) things flooded (laughs) but uh, i told him to zip it up and he didn't well actually we've we've uh expressed uh fear of him being flooded because this is not the first time that house is flooded so it had how much is his homeowner's insurance if he has to have flood insurance where he is so it's a lot he pays a lot for that kids do it all right though but he lives in orlando uh it's more uh it's in between here and new smyrna beach on okay. the St. John's River, so it's really not Orlando, but it, I guess you would consider it. If you threw a dart at a map, the closest city would be Orlando. But uh, anyway, who cares about him? Um, I had to put all of my stuff away in my backyard because my wife was on me about it. And I'm like, this storm, everything's going to be fine. And everything was yeah, fine. was fine. But when it was all in, I decided that I was going to pressure wash my back porch, which is pavers. And what are pavers? Uh, pavers are those little bricks that they stick oh, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I, we'll, we'll get into the thick of it. You're literally getting ready to have a Bob Vila esque segment here. So strap in, folks. It's going to get real interesting sure, if you're into pavers. <laughs> but uh, anyway, pavers are like little bricks that they put out there and they're uh, it's not permanent. But uh, anyway, so I decided I was going to pressure wash all of that because it hadn't been pressure washed since I moved in here. So I start pressure washing it and there is no grout in pavers, I find out. So what looks to be grout is actually just gunk and mud. So I'm pressure washing and mud is just spewing. I was covered in mud by the time. And by the way, when you're pressure washing mud, you never finish because it just moves the mud around. But I found out that I needed to get sand to put in between. I I went to the hardware store and said, I want to grout my pavers. And the guy's like, you don't grout pavers. You put sand in between them. And I was like, but if I pressure wash them again, the sand will be all gone. He's like, yes, you put more sand in after you pressure wash. I think it's ridiculous. I don't understand the theory that went into not grouting pavers. I considered just getting some cement and grouting them anyway but i was afraid there's a reason why they don't do that that so i bought the sand and uh, i'm getting ready to put down 
the polyarmic sand, which is, I guess, just sand they charge you more money for. And, uh, but the, the, the bulk of the story was the fact that I was standing out there pressure washing and I'm covered in mud and where I just finished pressure washing is now covered in mud. So I'm going back over and pressure washing there and then it's over on this side again. It was, it was an exercise in futility. Did it get more muddy because of the storm? No, it, it was fine. The, the, if I would have left it alone, everything would have been fine. It literally would have just. But power washing is the greatest of all household chores. It, so... it, it is unless you're power washing mud from in between six by like three bricks that are, there's a hundred of them and you've got to go around and get all the way around them. And, and I'm anal about stuff like this. So once I started pressure washing it, like every crack in between every one needed to be completely cleaned out of this dirt. And now that I'm putting the sand in, I should have just left the dirt, right? I guess. I mean, I don't know. It, there was some algae I, on some of some of them. I mean, there was a reason why I was cleaning it. It looked dirty, and it doesn't I've look dirty never anymore. Been a homeowner, but if you told me to power wash something, I'd be like, "Hell yeah, I'm power washing." Well, the come shit on out over, of that. buddy. I got to do my sidewalk like once a month. Um, while when I worked at the jail, they would power wash the showers. The prisoners. The prisoners would power wash no, the showers. They would all power the wash time. the prisoners. And there was just one guy who was just like the hardest worker. They're called runners, and they're like in the units. They're like the unit worker. They'd feed everyone. They'd clean up the thing. And they're does able this get, to get you time more. off your sentence? No, it gets you time out of your cell. So you're able to like make phone calls and not have people yelling all over, all around you. And you're able to watch whatever you want on TV and all this stuff. All right. And and so they have these power washers. And usually once every twice a week, they come in and power wash the showers just because the showers are disgusting because every person, every walk of life goes into these showers. And uh, once this guy was just like, he just was a hard worker. And he was just like, I'm going to power wash the stairs, which the stairs would get like hard crusted dirt in the corners and stuff. And you're, I was just like, yeah, man, sure. And so I just like go over. I'm like watching TV. I'm not really paying attention to him, which is like the number one thing I guess I'm supposed to be doing in jail. <laughs> yeah, it's watching them, only job. especially when they can't, especially when they're given a power washer. <laughs> he power washes the bars out it, and it escapes. Yeah. And so you're supposed to do your rounds every half hour and to check, make sure everyone's alive. And so after about a half an hour, I'm just hearing them power washing. I'm just thinking they're doing the thing and i like look over and there is just like a foot of water underneath the underneath the stairs there was nowhere for the water to escape because there's nowhere for the water to escape so then they had to like get squeegees and like it was just one of those just like did he end up getting my boss for that did you not not everyone just because then they people couldn't come out because the the water was everywhere so then they couldn't come out for wreck there at least like for a half an hour late because we had to make sure all the water was yeah god forbid the prisoners get their prison outfits wet i know right well (laughs) he didn't want to slip and fall and then sue the state of massachusetts but it was just one of those like every boss came in like so you just let them power wash the stairs and you didn't watch it watch i was (laughs) like i yes okay yes i didn't watch while he was power it's not watching very this fun kid. to watch and it's i was more like of, it's less a spectator sport more just like a go out there and do it. it's like i was like but the stairs do look spectacular i will tell you that because i my boss would always complain about the stairs being gross and i'm like stairs aren't gross anymore though that there is a foot of water all over this place now but, did half you know, the paint come off with the dirt no surprisingly the paint it wasn't that powerful of a power washer I will oh say yeah that. it it's was an electrical one 
Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It was just because the guy in. would have been in, in two feet of water, dead of carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah, that too. Floating yeah. in the water. <laughs> that too. Yeah, yeah. That'll do it. Which is ironically how he killed three people, and that's why he was in jail. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who the guy was. I don't even remember the guy. But yeah, so that's jail fun stories. Yeah. We all have our stories, Jeff. We all have our stories. We do. I'm glad that my only story of the hurricane, is, other than my brother's house being underwater, but who's who's taken numbers, is the fact that I had to pressure wash my back porch. Pressure washing's a lot of fun, though. And my but neighbors. Have I talked about my neighbor's bananas? No, that sounds amazing, though. So my, my next-door neighbor has a banana tree, and the house sold probably three years ago and when the new neighbors moved in one of my constant irritations is that this banana tree is like right up against the fence so it grows half in my yard and a mm -hmm. banana tree has these long green leaves where it would take up a large portion of my yard and it bothered me that their tree was in my yard so when the new neighbors moved in i said hey listen the bananas that grow into my backyard those are mine and the guy was like oh yeah fine cool so uh, anyway, the when the hurricane came through, banana tree, I guess, isn't that stable. Like three bunches of bananas blew on my side. They were like over the fence. So I went over there with my chainsaw and sawed off all of the branches that had the bananas on them. And I put three bunches of bananas on my kitchen counter. My wife's furious. That you that you hacked up their banana tree? No, my wife's furious that there are three bunches of bananas uh, sitting on her would. counter. She's like, uh, let's take it up my entire counter. We're never going to eat all of those bananas. And I was like, they were on my side of the yard, baby. banana bread. She bakes. She did. She did say she was going to make some banana bread. Uh, once when I was in college, my aunt and great aunt and uncle, uh, Ken and Connie, God rest their souls, wonderful human beings. They lived in Sarasota and they had an orange tree. And I remember I was like, when I was 12, I was fascinated that they had an orange tree and thought it was the coolest thing. And so when I went to college, they just randomly sent me and they didn't tell me. And they sent me a box of oranges my freshman year at Keene State College in New Hampshire. And I never got, I would get every Mike O'Brien at Keene State's mail, but my own. So I got all these like, magazines and bills and everything. And I'd be like, I don't have any of this. is none of my stuff. And so finally I get a call from my dad and like, Hey, did you ever get those oranges from Ken and Connie? And it was like a week of school left. And I was like, no, I never got any oranges from Ken and Connie. So I go to the post office and they're like, Oh, are you Mike O'Brien from Carl Hall 207, whatever. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, this box has been sitting here for <laughs> <laughs> for like four months. They're really and, ripe. And um, it's leaking. It's <laughs> leaking now. And I was just like, oh, it's orange. I'm not Mike O'Brien. Is your I'm name like, Mike O'Brien? No, mine's Clarence. But, I was like, but I'm like, they're from my 80-year-old aunt and uncle. So maybe they gave me money. And so I opened it up and it was just like. It was like a moss carpet of green and white, just fuzz all yeah. over these. That's oranges. what happens when oranges go bad. And then I'm just like, oh, I got to just see if there's like a card or something in here. And there was no it was just like it, it, it was 40 oranges. It was all the oranges from the tree. This huge box. You it had put a cost. hole in the box. It had you to put have, an orange in yeah. the box. Yeah, <laughs> it, it had to have it had to have cost them. $50 to send me all these oranges, <laughs> which I would never, if I even got the oranges, I would have been able to have like five of them, maybe. You really? know, there was just so I many. I can eat like three know. oranges a day. 
Yeah, I could. My 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 uh, grandparents had orange groves here in Florida. Of course and they did. Went to... You grew up in Florida. You yeah. had a mullet. Of course, your grandparents had. So orange we we used to Sunkist made this little thing that was on one side like a stabby, and on the other side was like a sucky, and in the middle was like netting to keep all of the pulp and stuff from getting through. So you'd stab it into the orange, and you could suck, squeeze, and suck the orange juice out. Really, that was something you could actually yeah. do. Yeah, wow. we used to run around I in the orange groves. That was... and... When we got thirsty, I thought that was a uh, a myth, a, a old wives' tale. Yeah. No, no, they really did make those things. Mm, interesting. Yep, and they were great. Well, we learned a lot about Jeff and growing up in Orlando, Florida, and me. Um, you barely scratched a, the surface, bro. Um, I know, no crap. Actually, I almost don't want to go down that. <laughs> and then right all the these hookers were just dead on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll My name is Jeff Lean Wernos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then all I could do was feed him to the alligators. And I, you know, it was 14. What are you supposed to do in that situation? I, I mean, I, that, it's a funny thing. I wonder how many people were actually thrown into the swamp and gotten by the alligators because it seems like it would be an easy way to get rid of a body here, but you don't hear about it much. Did you hear about Lake Mead in Las Vegas? I think they're talking about, I was listening to Rogan today, they're talking about it, how it dried up and they're finding all these bodies from the 60s and 70s surprise that mobsters would, would just throw in the lake, which is pretty They should have looked. They should have yeah. looked. I mean, come eh, on, guy. It's a lot of work. I'm sure those guys had it coming anyways, you know? <laughs> if you ended up at the bottom of a lake in Las Vegas, you did something, you know I mean? <laughs> You didn't just end up there by accident. So, yeah, anyways, we got a lot. Uh, we, we, we covered a lot today. We have a lot more to talk about. We're going to have uh, my great friend, Matt Breen, a.k.a. Matt Kona on the Boston comedy scene. Uh, we, we went over. Uh, we will go over. We haven't talked to him yet, but we will go over our, uh, our I guess, our pursuit of being on the amazing race, even though we were pursued to be on the amazing race. And then also go over some uh, news topics. So uh, I can't we have a lot wait. To talk about. I'm I can't excited wait. It's about gonna this. Be, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting and riveting, almost like power washing uh, cement blocks outside of. Jeff's that didn't go over. The, the, that story's funnier than I told it. I'm sorry, guys. It it happens, but we did learn a lot about uh, home improvement, which I like. Anyways, so we're gonna be coming back, uh, right back at you with Matt Kona. Sadly, no. I'm trying to get uh, a Celtics beat writer because I love the Celtics, but uh, no one's responding back to me. So if you know, I don't know Dan Dan Green on uh, the bar stool or or Brian Rob on Mass Live. Uh, try to tell them I'm I'm trying to pursue both of them because I love to. We talk had about two Mass Celtics. Live guests on in a row, and now you can't have any Mass now Live I guests can't. on. I guess they're on said. Uh, yeah, they're what? idiots. Don't talk to them. Yeah, yes. I don't know what happened. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what happened, but now the Mass Live uh, orange tree has gone barren, I guess. Yeah, actually, you've been banned from Mass Live. Your picture, I've been fired from Mass Live. Before it says, already, mor- so. it says you're holding up a piece of paper that says moron on it. It's a picture Basically. on their wall. Sounds about right. All right, well, uh, we're gonna be coming back with uh, Matt Kona. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be right back. And we are back. Thank you for waiting all that time. I think a grand total of four seconds between segments there. Uh, I, of course, there's time for, for many 
many sponsors in between Vince. If you want to sponsor the next segment, the news, especially when we have the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Matt Kona, if that's your real name with us right now. Matt Kona, how are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the Mike O'Brien show. Yes, it's uh it's a it's a wonderful show, especially with since it's my name. I think it's a wonderful show. Matt Kona, uh or Matt Breeze is uh is as they would say in the is a government name. Uh Matt Breen, one of my favorite stories is how you came up with the name Matt Kona. Matt Kona and I go back to my first ever uh, open mic at the Banshee in Dorchester. Dave Kennedy ran it. And um, Matt saw me and thought I was the most hilarious person he's ever seen and wanted to ride my coattails. So he told me about all the other open mics available in Boston, how I should continue doing open mics. And he's been my friend ever since about what now, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, something like that. And uh, but Matt Kona isn't his real name. He wanted a stage name, but can you please tell us the story behind uh, Matt Kona as your name? Uh, well, first of all, I if you meet a guy at an open mic and he's wearing a coat with coattails on it, you ride him. So that's rule number one. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I would argue that if it's Mike O'Brien, you might should have not. <laughs> <laughs> it was an, but I had wonderful coattails. It was an upstairs open mic and I wrote down the stairs okay. to the bar, which had quicker service than the upstairs bar. So as a kid, I used to make a prank phone calls and I picked a name, you know, as a character. I was a fan of the Jerky Boys. I wasn't trying to emulate their style. My voice probably hadn't even changed, but I think I was looking in uh, Yellow Pages Kids uh, today, Google what that is. And I saw like, an advertisement for a coffee place that advertised Kona coffee. And so I decided to use that as a last name and my first name being my middle name, which is John. And so I just started using that, uh, doing various phone calls, like trying to hire clowns to punish my delinquent child who was afraid of clowns uh, <laughs> and other various uh, hilarious bits probably. I've never heard those. I, I would Did like you record them? Out. There's, I don't know if it still exists. It was on my friend's answer machine. He he was like my partner in crime, and we would like fill up tapes of them, and we we definitely had had some good ones for sure. Well, that's uh, a that's a really cool thing too because now you can't get away with that anymore. If it's not, first of all, it's illegal. Second of all, there's so much caller ID that you'd be busted immediately. So those things, I mean, oh, yeah. I feel like uh, from a historical value, kids would probably get a pretty big kick out of that because it's something they can't touch. <laughs> we definitely got busted a couple times. I think if this was like after we'd been doing it for a while, it was like the advent of uh, Star 6-9, you know, you call back and because we would do it if his mom was home in the other other uh, room and all that. But so I wanted to use this stage name. I just I don't know why I, I, I wanted maybe the element of uh, anonymity when it came to comedy. Like, I didn't know how it worked. I thought I was going to be in the newspaper advertised and high school bullies would track me down or something to see how funny I wasn't. And so I was just going to use the name John Kona, sign up for my first open mic at the Middle East corner. And uh, it's just closed, sadly. Nah, it's still open. They had an open mic there last night. Oh, did they? I thought they closed. I didn't go. No, they're being they're going to be sold and demolished or something. But yeah, they better not close because I have tickets to a musical event there in November. 
So I met the guy who seemed like he was in charge before the show got started. And I said, hey, do I sign up with you? And he goes, yeah, I'm Rob. And I said, I'm Matt Kona. And so the name. And then you couldn't change it because everyone remembers every names at Open Mic Comedy. And like (laughs) everyone there would have been like, oh, that's Matt Kona. And then when you walked in the next week, they're like, oh, that guy with the weird beard, which I don't think you had a beard back then. I did. I did. It wasn't as weird, probably. But yeah, they'll just be like, oh, there's that guy with the beard who looks like he's homeless. Uh, What's his name? And you could have been like, John, John Kona. And then been like, oh, oh, yeah. Hey, what's up, John? And no one would ever said anything. By the way. Yeah. But I'm just going to say in retrospect, it's better that I I have my own first name anyway. It makes it easier. Let me say this, though. I don't know if you know this or not, but that's what the clubs tell Mike when they don't want to book him anymore. We closed. I was asking him the other day. I was like, I want to go to Nick's Comedy Stop. And he was like, oh, they closed years ago. (laughs) The only place I ever perform anymore, Nick's Comedy Stop and JJ's Tavern, November 12th or 11th or 13th. One of I think the 12th. Just show up there throughout November looking for you. I'll just keep showing up. And yeah, just keep showing up. My friend owns the bar. That's why I'm headlining. So yeah, you should definitely. uh, Is that the one in Northampton? That's the one in Northampton. Did you ever do a show down there with us? No, I think you promised me to bring me one time and uh, you you do like an annual show there or something. Uh, Well, I, I stopped. I used to book it and it was really good. And then one day I did it and I promised like gary peterson phoebe krista a bunch of money because it was making a bunch of money and then like eight people showed up and then i was like oh shit i literally had to like borrow money from my dad i didn't even give them all the money i promised them because only eight people showed up but i still like i think i gave them like a 100 bucks each maybe and uh then and then i was like oh i'm never taking responsibility for a show ever again because he was like 75 people were showing up all the time and then i just stopped after that i never did it and now another guy tim lovett does who does a great job but uh i i just don't want to take responsibility with promising people money and then just i mean i see it at nick's sometimes like there's usually about 50 people there but sometimes you show up and sometimes there's 120 and you're like where'd all these people come from and then other times you show up and there's seven people there and you're like what the f what uh, how did this happen but that's the that's the thing being a financially responsible for a comedy shows is a fool's errand no yes absolutely absolutely well one way to be uh get more people at the shows is obviously becoming famous and uh my my friend uh, or just putting welcome home bill burr on the marquee for yeah <laughs> for a month and a half like they did at Nick's. bill burr did a show we talked about it uh yeah. before he did fenway and uh but on the marquee out front they said welcome home bill burr and then left it up for a month and a half and like everyone would show up asking if bill burr was playing there tonight and they'd be like i don't know sometimes he shows up sometimes he doesn't and of course he never showed up again but uh, they finally took it down like a week ago, but it was up for easily a month and a half. But uh, yes, other than saying that Bill Burr will be there, another way for having people come to your shows is becoming famous. And um, Matt and I were on the path of becoming famous uh, earlier this year. We we're so close, yet so far. Um, Matt, Matt, start. How did, how, how did this story start with our path to superstardom? Uh, we were nearly reality contestant celebrities famous i would have had a i would have had a big booty instagram page and everything if i if i hit this uh mike and i are both tour guides as the 
avid listener knows. And I got, I set up a Instagram account just for the tour guide. Just, I don't know why to, uh, you know, become a famous tour guide and we got a DM um, out of the blue saying that someone was a casting director for the amazing race. Uh, I showed that I watched, a, I, I never really watched regularly before, but I did binge watch it during the pandemic. I watched a bunch of seasons and I got, I never it. saw any of, I've never seen it. It's a fun show. And I like a scavenger hunt, mostly in theory. I've never really been involved in too many scavenger hunts and I like traveling. I've been to Europe a couple times. Do you to- know, I'm sorry to interject, but between our job as a, 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 a tour guide have you ever had the bachelorette parties come up to you and be like our scavenger hunt says we have to take a picture with a tour guide or in front of a duck boat or da 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 and then you're yes. like please go away but no 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 i i don't say please go away i, I take the picture I, I try to help them with the next thing and i wish that i was it was never like a bachelorette party it's usually i feel like it's usually like a team building a team thing building work thing yeah yeah yeah. but i would have loved to be in part of those but it's kind of sad to be like can i join you i'll help you win <laughs> um, but i'm I i'm dressed in everything is. i'm dressed in pajamas and you all have suits on and so it, it would be kind of weird although sometimes on the amazing race a team will get like a local vagrant in france to run around and like translate and help them do all the stuff which is uh something that had we been cast i would have definitely tried to employ. i would have done that given some guy 50 bucks and be like no that's the beauty of it you don't have to give them 50 bucks if uh, you could get a guy in a suit for 50 bucks if you're going for the vagrant you go low buddy yeah and you just go with television uh, fame that's the that's the carrot on a stick yeah exposure that's the big that's the (laughs) hey you do this you get exposure that's how they get you in stand-up comedy for the first five years (laughs) so he asked me um if i would wanted to submit and he asked if i had some people in mind and Uh, one one thing here i'm i'm sorry there matt um also when you say how did he find you because that's you a good question me, he yeah. said that someone sent him a video or like they sent like a recommendation so this person never told me that they were it must have been someone who took a tour because they gave them and i'm guessing it's someone who either took a tour and venmoed me a tip because every time somebody sends me a tip on venmo i just copy and paste the same hey thanks for doing that also i have an instagram profile if you want to check it out oh and, really uh, here you go yeah, Matt's so smarter than you, Mike. Yeah, yeah. I, do I do. I do a lot of control and V. I, <laughs> you, you should know, check. Heartfelt. You should check my Instagram profile where I'm drunk at Red Sox games. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's an amazing Instagram profile. But I could thing, be more active with mine for sure. By the way, but you, um, yeah. You, what is your Instagram profile there, Matt Cohen? For everyone it's listening, same, it's the same as my Venmo MMA BDT Max Martial Arts Boston Duck Tours. There you go. Yeah, yeah, so check out his Venmo page as well, too. Yeah, um, see my look at my transactions. Yeah. Are, are are you a mixed martial artist, Matt? Oh, I'm, geez. A, I'm a I'm a fan of a fan of it. I've took it. I've, I've taken. I've taken a couple of uh, classes, but it's the only sport that I consistently watch, and then I can name uh, many of the uh, rosters. Although there's like there's hundreds of people on the UFC roster, but I do try to watch it every week. Whereas with 
baseball and football. I watch when I can. I mean, typically with football, I'm working on Sundays, so I can't tune in. But I always, I always look at the scoreboards. I'm always looking at the scoreboards and reading recaps. Well, it's, and, uh, it's interesting because yeah. this evening, right before I got on here with, with you guys, my son's best friend, who uh, the, my son's almost 30 at this point, so they're not kids anymore, but he accidentally text messaged me, hey, what jujitsu school does Jason teach at? And this is a kid I haven't spoken to in 10 years. So I knew it was a wrong <laughs> wow. number, and I responded, they prefer Krav, Krav Maga. <laughs> <laughs> nice oh man yeah i did a jujitsu class and here's the funny a little maybe i shouldn't preface that by saying a funny story you be the judge i will but it it was kenny florian who was uh he was on tough number one the ultimate fighter and he's he was a pretty good ufc fighter yeah he was he was in the uc fought in like five weight classes which is kind of crazy so he's he had a school he still has one um it's changed locations but it was in uh Brookline. It still is in Brookline. It's a different part of Brookline. And I took a free class and I went there and I had a, I had, because my character is a failed mixed martial artist named Max Martial Arch. Uh, I, I had bought some like a rash guard, which is like a long sleeve tight spandex shirt that they use for rolling and jujitsu. And it's got like planets on it and stuff like that and so i got that and i even got a gi paid for by the duck tourist to wear as a costume which i only wear when it's cold and it's not that comfortable so i don't really wear it that much at all so i just have this free gi and um so i wore the gi with the rash guard on under it to my first free class first of all wore the pants backwards which was pointed <laughs> out as soon as i got there all right that's funny and i have a big beard and i had long hair and so, like, there's a guy who is a, a teacher there, and he goes, oh, 10th Planet? And 10th Planet is a kind of experimental uh, style of jujitsu. Or it's a school that that guy, Eddie, who's on the Joe Rogan experience all the time, I forget his last name, he's like a teacher at. And so I was just like, I go, oh, yeah, okay. Like, I didn't know if that was, like, the they had branded the shirt or something. So he thought that I was like, I trained and I knew what I was doing, but then I had my pants backwards and, uh, and I got my ass handed to me, but it was funny. Like they were trying to teach me stuff and the guy's like, I'm going to try to drown you on land. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this question. Are you wearing as a costume? Do you wear a belt with your gi? <laughs> I, I very rarely wear the gi. What I do now is I wear uh, wind pants that have nothing to do with MMA and and boxer trunks over them but no i couldn't i couldn't tie the the belt for the gi so that okay. would not because if you showed up at no. the uh martial arts joint with a black belt gi they would uh, think that you knew what you were doing yeah that would that would be a bit of a uh overstep yes but one thing about your whole get up and your whole ensemble and the tour uh and one thing back to the amazing race aspect of this didn't you say someone sent a video like people will literally record the entire tour and put I, it on YouTube? You, you and, and I both have entire tours that are on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And it's just like who I couldn't imagine. Who has more hits? Who has thing. more views? 
I don't know, Matt. Ooh, Matt knows where he sent yourself. it to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have the links handy because they don't have our names in them. So I'd have but to search Boston Duck Tours. I'll even so when I notice scrolling. people are recording this. It's one thing if you're recording like, oh, look at that. Whatever. There's the old state house. But then when you're seeing people are just like literally just like pointing a camera, a, a cell phone at you the entire time. I'm like, are you going to rewatch this? And you everyone you just said that like, on your video, which did I'm I really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, watched yeah. my entire thing. <laughs> I don't think I did the entire thing, but I, I did watch a, a good chunk. Far of enough yeah, to catch that bit. It just yeah. blows my mind when people are recording this. I was like, I want you. Sometimes I'll be like, I want you to invite your entire neighborhood over to your house, and that you have to rewatch this if you're going to if you're going to actually video the entire thing. It just kind of blows my mind. I worked at a di- I worked at a dinner show at Disney for years, and one of the stars of the dinner show would often, if someone was filming it, say, "When you get home, you're going to see how much fun you missed out on." Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a part of my tour where I play. A, uh, a song by David Hasselhoff and I play a lot of it. I play more of it if I dislike the uh, crowd and the response that they're giving me. But uh, in the video of my tour on YouTube, that part is edited out. So not only did he videotape my entire tour and put it up, he uh, re-edited it when he got flagged by YouTube for copyright infringement. <laughs> for, uh, he was trying to monetize your duck tour? <laughs> I don't know. It's a dick move. You can't you can't mess with the Hoff. No. Yeah, don't sure. mess with the Hoff. Um, sure. so so the guy sees our sees the tape of you and says, "Do you have someone in mind to yeah. do the Amazing Race with?" Yeah, and um, and so I did. I had like I, I there's another uh, there's there's there were two other. There was a few more people before I contacted you. Yeah, <laughs> that okay. makes so much yes, sense, though. I mean, that's perfect. We're best friends, and I got you the job, or whatever. I knew you didn't have a passport, and I we'll didn't get know, to that. That's spoiler I alert. That's part I of the story. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know how fast this turnaround was going to be, and I. I knew that like the only other person that I. It's funny, like there's a bunch of people that I work with that I get along with that I think are cool, but I've never hung out with outside of work. And so one of them is this guy, the great Garibaldi. And he's an interesting guy. He's he very funny. To, yeah. He's funny. He's, he used he to be to, a bartender at cheers. Yeah. He, was, he, 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 he's a picker. You know, he goes through people's, uh, what they're getting rid of and he refurbishes old furniture and sells he it. He makes money off of it. He makes a lot of money. Yeah. And so, and I know he watches uh, Survivor, and and this guy also works as like a casting agent. He he does like all the the big three reality shows on CBS, which is Amazing Race, Survivor, and Big Brother. So he's got like a hand in all that. So I asked him first, and then I asked uh, this Ted. other guy. Yeah, well, I mentioned it, Ted. I uh, Ted, my roommate. <laughs> Ted, you know, but but the thing is, I knew that Ted didn't want to do anything involving fun so yeah. uh <laughs> so I, I i had uh but the guy he I mean, he told me like because we talked on the phone that night uh after i did my due diligence and found out that he wasn't like a fake scammer guy i don't know so so you it, talked to the casting agent on the phone so that was like your yeah. first so he he dm'd you and then you talked on the phone so you've had two interactions with him at this point correct he gave me his number and we talked for a while but he told me that it, he's like he's like I want duck tour guys that would be cool, but they have to have like a 
connection, a friendship. It can't just be two people that were that work together. And of all the people that work at the Duck Tours, I've known Ted a little bit longer, but I thought you would be a better choice anyhow, because I feel like we have uh, you're a we would be have we would have a good chemistry back and forth. I'm hilarious. You also yeah. forgot that. I, I, that is very funny too, but I feel like he wouldn't smile at all. Matt, for the, entire the amazing race is the perfect show for Mike O'Brien. It really I is. Think so, yeah. He it's he like, he is at his funniest when he's out on the street hanging out. Yeah, and running around and trying to drive a in aggravated in ag- <laughs> when I'm aggravated and I just yeah. have a, I just had a meltdown on my. Are you allowed to drink friends. beers when you're on the Amazing Race, or do they frown I'd upon that? Um, I think that, yeah, there I've seen people do it. I it's mean, the one I am. I watch can, Big Brother and Survivor. Perhaps. Yeah, I watch Big Brother and Survivor pretty religiously. But are you guys still going to try and and do this, or is this over at this point? It's a never going to happen thing. I would love to be on. This is well. This our our thing is that uh, well, first of all, some people apply for Amazing Race many times. Yes, a lot of people before do. Before they get it. Yep. So, um, but we so, didn't even apply. That this is the thing that upsets yeah, me. Yeah, we well, came to us. We recorded. They came to us. So they come to us. Gets me, and immediately he goes, "Do you have a passport?" I said, "No, it expired a long time ago, and I never renewed it." And he says, "The guy told me." to get a passport and expedite it so that to me is just i like, didn't say expedite it i said you could you do you do need to expedite but... it i i'm in the i my passport got stolen in oakland california and i literally two days ago printed out the paperwork and i got it expedited you have to but it could be 10 weeks like, if you don't one yeah. it, what is that was the thing when is this taping they're like oh it's taping in well, what are they october yeah. And this was this was like Augustish. It would have so, been cutting it close. Would have been cutting it yeah. close. Well, actually, so, you in Boston, you can probably go the same day and get your passport. I could. I, I can. I can do. I can go to building. Miami and do that. I yeah, have before. The O'Neill Federal Building. That's where when I worked at the Hyatt Harborside, people would either lose their passports or forget them back home because it was at the airport uh, Hyatt, mm-hmm. and then they would yell at me at like I lost their effing passport. And when I told them to go to the Tip O'Neill Federal Building if you need it right now to go there, they'd go there. They'd come back like, that cost me $500. I was like, I didn't lose your passport, dude. You lost your passport. It doesn't cost you any more to get it done there than it does anywhere else. It doesn't cost any more. If you need it that day. It It doesn't cost any more. It's the expedited fee. I did it. I I did it. All right. You want to know? Right, you well, want me I'm to saying, tell you that? Yeah. You want me to tell you that story? So we'll, we'll we'll take a little bit of a trail off, and then we'll come back. I showed up at the airport to fly to Toronto for the NBA Finals, Toronto and uh, Golden uh, Toronto and Golden State, and uh, there was a scratch across the date on my passport, like it had been scratched. I used my passport some, and uh, they wouldn't let me get on the plane. And what? I was going, I was going for work. They wouldn't let me go past the the gate there. So I yeah. had to call the people that were hiring me for, for the for the uh, event and tell them that I couldn't get on. My passport was messed up. And I said, but I can go. I can drive to Miami, and tomorrow morning I can have a passport and be ready to rock and roll. So I was on. I drove down to Miami. I left at three in the morning. I got down there at around six thirty in the morning. There was a line around the building. I got into the line around the building and I left there at six o'clock at night 
I was there for 12 straight hours. And I had a, and still had a three and a half hour. It cost me the same amount of money as it costs to have it expedited in the mail. It cost me no more. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So uh, I speak from experience here. everyone would come back to here. me and tell, flip out on how expensive it was. But that was also 10 years ago, so I don't know. But that passport that I got in Miami got stolen from me in California. I have passport problems, I guess. Maybe I, I should, so. uh, you know, get the card next time. But so anyway, so I go to the post office, apply for the passport. And I'm thinking, like, how much does this cost me? Like, 125 bucks. And they're like, oh, to expedite it, it's 50 extra dollars. And I was like, okay, 175 bucks, whatever. And then you just see them adding it up, adding up. It was like over $250. And I was just what? like, what but the still, hell is this? Hey, listen, though, the, the, like, it sounds so crazy to me that you're saying, man, I was going to have to pay $250 to I be mean, able to be on a like, reality TV show. Yeah. Well, well, I, we, Matt, I would have had my passport. I would have had my so passport I, if you would. I still paid it. I got the passport. <laughs> I got the. I, it's sitting. You right want me to pay to for me. it? It's sitting right next to me right now. So because this guy called us, called us, we didn't like go to I'll them send him and an invoice. anything out. Yeah, you probably could. We, he probably would pay. So it. I go and I'm like, all right, I got the passport, Matt. I'm getting the passport. It's going to be within a month. I'm getting the passport. So then. We have a Skype interview and Matt comes to my lady friend's place to do the Skype interview and to pee in the shower and to pee in the shower because her toilet was broken because landlord, she wouldn't tell the landlord that her toilet was broken. So then Matt had to pee in the shower. It's just, oh God, that was, I pee in the shower every time I'm in it. I pee in the shower every time, (laughs) all the time too. But yes, Jeff pees in the shower as well. Anyways. So, um, so this is to continue do, on your last uh, last episode about landlord and shower. Uh, landlord shower stuff. Yeah, exactly. We talk hey, about his lady that, friend's landlord stuff. on every show. I think we do. <laughs> and so then we're doing the Skype interview and I purposely like do my hair like I'm about to do a third grade uh, picture day. And I like pick out my best golf shirt and I like I did not do well on this guy. I, I kind of froze up. I was like afraid of you sounded like you were on a job interview. I sounded like yeah. I was on a job interview. I was just like, yes, absolutely. I will give 110%. And why do you want to do this? Because I love this job. Like whatever, you know, I was just like, I was so bad on it. I w- and, and Matt, how do you think you did in that Skype interview? In that? I think it I, is a job interview. Yeah. I think I was fine. I didn't really like change it. I tried to kind of throw you a bone or two or like try to, uh, Kind of make it a little bit more fun. Tried to drag him across the finish line is what you're saying. I try, yeah, exactly. (laughs) To an amazing race style to the checkpoint. And I was trying to get you to yes and me, and you were just like, no, but that would be fine if you were to tell you what your show. I I have been trying to get him to yes and me my entire life. He will not do Um, it. But one thing, one thing that uh, I thought I did well on, they were like, what do you think will matt is will be matt would be bad at with the thing and i said running the guy can't even walk he can't even sit in his his car matt has a very bad back and i just saw i saw one episode i just saw how much they were running and i was just like the funniest thing would be us running and me just screaming at matt about him just like not running yeah you wait until the cameras start rolling before you bring that up dude 
But yeah, I think that's you, you want to you want to lead off by saying why we wouldn't be able to do this well. <laughs> but physically. I think that's one of the funniest things on the show is that's the number one thing that the the teams argue about is how one is running and one is not, or one is then the other one gets tired and the yeah. other one's just like, oh, so now you're tired, and then like you know they then they yeah. throw so back and did forth they did they get another duck tour couple? So you they they haven't they haven't announced they haven't announced who is uh, cast. They're oh, so you that. didn't get beat out by Rex Ryan and one of his Jets fan buddies. No, that was the that was the cycle before. Yeah, that, that was, was the, the funny before. thing too. Is when I told I told some friends that I was doing this and that I was going through this process. It. I jinxed it. I said I was going through the process because I've went through the process for Beach Shazam. I've signed paperwork to be on shows before and never got on the shows before, and um. And then it came out that it was Rex Ryan of all people, the foot fetish dude, and his buddy was a corrections officer. And I'm like, "Oh, you just got served by Rex Ryan and another jail guard being uh, chose before you." <laughs> but so he just, yeah. So yeah, then, that wasn't going to be our cast. That was so it was it was whatever the yeah. cast that they just announced this week yeah. that they they just casted people. And so then he says, "Hey, after this Skype interview." That we couldn't. First of all, we're screwing up the Skype. Wait, like it wasn't one, working. One, one more. Yeah. Oh my God. Don't even get me like started. we couldn't. I hear feel him. like we. I feel like we isn't in the equation here, bud. I feel Where like. Where were you, Mike, Jeff? Where were you, Jeff? I, 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 I. Next time, just say I'm him. Let me do the interview, the audition part. Well, I don't know. You're I the can one nail the audition right part, now, Jeff. Jeez, Louise. Um, uh, wait, so, wait, wait. I just want to say one more thing. You, yeah. the most at length that you talked during the interview was him saying. You know, you're not going to, it's like, you're going to have to take time off from work. This isn't, you only get paid when you win. And you're like, well, we, we could get laid off and we'll, we can still collect unemployment. He spelled like two minutes talking about how you would basically, <laughs> you would be fine government. because you would be collecting unemployment while being on the amazing race. And I had to stop you by being like, look, he doesn't give a shit about this. Yeah. It's also, <laughs> it's also like, this doesn't, this doesn't matter to him. And also what you're saying would be scamming unemployment anyway. <laughs> if you're not looking for jobs in Saudi Arabia and you're outside of the country or wherever we were. You know. oh, Macy, Macy, say I look for five jobs today. <laughs> They're not going to find out I wasn't in uh, Boston looking for jobs when I'm on CBS. <laughs> no one watches it. Fine. So, so we get it. So afterwards, he goes, Well, I think you guys are really great. And Make sure you you uh he's like you gotta make a video. But then okay, so then on before this, he, uh we have to watch watch an episode. Obviously, I've never seen an episode, so I watch the first episode of one of the seasons, and I'm sitting there and watching these teams, and it's just like two black cops from Buffalo who are like changing. They sing. They sing. They sing yeah. And yeah. And they have like youth groups and stuff like that. And these two teachers from the inner city that changed all these kids lives and a guy who was in jail for murder and then got released and had a documentary he about him because he did, yeah. yeah, he was wrongfully convicted and his friend who stood by him. And I'm just like, Matt, you think that they're just going to pick two middle-aged white guy tour guides from Boston? Yes, <laughs> I think they are. If you don't blow the interview, bro. Yeah. I mean, really, I, I, you you treat you treat it like this is like an everyday occurrence. It you have one a... shot. You only but, have to okay, show so... up one time. 
we passed. We passed the. We did fine. We okay. did fine in the effort right. interview. Right. So then he's like, "Now you guys have to make a video." All right. So he goes, "But make a video of like you on a duck boat," and they literally tell you what to do and what to say to like make it seem. They they don't tell you specifically what to say, but they say like how you guys are friends and how you guys change each other's lives for the better and how, you know, they like kind of give you the bullet points of like, you got to hit these topics for you to be like an interesting. They gave you a rough outline. They give you a rough outline and how you fill in that outline is how you fill in that. Yeah. Why people should care about our story. Yeah. What is our story? Yeah. Yeah. We, we had to, I mean, basically because me and you were both, uh, comedians who, who don't really have uh, sympathy towards others that are very selfish people probably uh you know we did i mean it was true i was depressed and unemployed when you got me the job so that i helped. got him but, the job know. at duck tours he saw me on my open mic thought i was funny and said you should keep doing this and and that was when i was going through a depressed coming off a bad breakup and yeah. all this stuff and so we like really hemmed we, up like hey we, yeah. we helped each other Hold on at a our second. lowest was, points of you, our lives was this when you broke up with a girl that said she always fantasized about marrying a guy named jeff taylor <laughs> no that was new york danielle texas danielle <laughs> was the one i dated two Daniels. yeah no I, I dated a girl in new york that just randomly told me i didn't even think i even said jeff taylor's name she just said you know i always i don't know how it came up but she said something about how she always wanted to marry a man named jeff taylor yeah that was that was that was new york danielle wow and very particular. Uh, yeah very particular works and for me. that's why uh, she was very particular that's why we we don't date anymore but that was actually my call i was really proud of that but anyways um so then we make this video and we hammer it i even said something like how it, he met his wife because I told him to talk to her at an open mic or something like some stupid just yeah. to like, I, but it was just to try to make our relationship seem even stronger than it already is, but it is strong to begin with, but us going to wrestling in, in, and having John Cena break my cell phone by accident. Cause a little kid hit it. You didn't tell hands. that story. No, I didn't. That's we the had to story you should tell. Three minutes too. Which yeah, we only great. had we had to have like three minutes. And the first time we we're cutting the video, it was like five and a half, and then yeah. it was pretty it was a, good. It was like it was a. Uh, I mean, I think we did okay, but it was a bit of a painstaking process. We both did it like at the end of the day after working like a long day. Yeah, so, hot and five hour and a half. Yeah, it, yeah. It was like a but heat then, wave, and we're in a garage, standing on a duck, and people are walking by, being like, "What are you guys doing?" Yeah. And so then we do it. And it's like five and a half minutes and I, it was pretty good. But then when Matt gets back home, he sends me the link of like the thing. It says like how to make a good tape. And number one was do not go over three minutes. Like that was like, oh, and you guys ultimate. did go over three minutes. Oh, we went you over said the whole five and a half minutes. So then, yeah. no. So then we you had didn't to send it. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. So then the next day we did it again. And so we did it again. And it was just, and we're just kind of like busting each other's balls more. And it was kind of like a two improv guys, kind of just like, hey, I'm zany. Yeah, hey, he's zany. We're all zany. And then uh, Matt sent it in. And I never con had contact with the guy other than the Skype interview, which I think is for the best. But, uh, but so Matt sent it to him. And when you sent it to him, what did the guy say? Uh, he said, this is great. And I sent him the one. I said, this is what we're going to do. But we did a couple extras because here's the thing. 
he is one of several casting directors. So every week, and he explained this to us in the interview, they would bring who they had recruited or who they'd scouted out to these meetings, and they would watch the videos along with people who submitted the uh, old-fashioned way or through it's, the website. It and, sounded like athletic scouts where they'd be like, we're drafting this guy, and here's my guy, and we're going to draft this guy in the draft. And there's like yeah. six scouts, and like the other scouts are like, that guy sucks. Yeah, I mean, it could have been like that. I, I was thinking of more like the Saturday Night Live meeting, like the pitch meeting where they all yeah. like throw the sketches, but instead of original ideas, they're just like people that they thought of and then they rely on what they provide to show it. So I sent him all three videos and um, and he said, no, this is fine. This is great. And and then we waited because, I mean, he told us, he goes, he goes this could be nothing or it could be something cool. And uh, yeah, it ended up. And then, nothing. well, then we got the then we got ghosted. Like he doesn't even he never re- did he ever respond. You know to you why though? Say, no, because the the minute the minute they they figure out their people, they're now working on that. They're yeah, they're working yeah. on those. Yeah, people. yeah, that's what I. Yeah, I I, I would I, say I, I would say do it again and submit again yeah, next next casting. Know. I that I've I've I, I like I said before I watch Big Brother and Survivor. And every season, there's someone Nerd. that's like, whatever, man. I like the show. Hey, man, I love Survivor. I've never seen Big Brother. I haven't seen Survivor yet this season because my wife went to Israel and we like to watch it together. So we're gonna binge Aww, the first few weeks. That's so sweet. Yeah. So, so my wife and I binged both Big Brother and Survivor while she was pregnant with my five year old. So we mm-hmm. like I just made a commitment. Like I'm staying home. I'm hanging out, and we're gonna binge. Well, we binge watch Big Brother. And then when we got done with that, it left us wanting. And so we binge watched Survivor. That's a lot to watch. I mean, there are a ton of yeah. seasons, but the, seasons, yeah. the, the original. My, go ahead. I'm sorry. My lady friend and I just binge watched the Jeffrey Dahmer Netflix special. Ugh. And uh, that's the opposite of Survivor. <laughs> and then do you know what just happened today? I opened up it just like we woke up in the morning and it just reeked of bad meat in the whole place. And I was just like. She's like, what is that? I'm like, it's just some bad pork I got. Jeez. <laughs> it's just the neighbor. It's just the neighbor. And he's just, he's just don't look in the fridge. Pork. Just relax. Don't look in the fridge, ah. fridge, lady friend. But the funniest part of the Jeffrey Dahmer thing is he reacts like um he, how many he funny like, parts are there? There's actually a lot. But uh I'm a sick F. But they, but when the neighbors would be like, Jeff. Your apartment stinks. Just like, I just got like my fridge just broke, and I just had some bad meat. And my fish just, died. I'm cleaning it out. I'm, she and said, he sounded she like, said, "I watched the first episode." She goes, "You said that last week," and he goes, "My week. fish just died. I got to clean out the tank." <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But he sounds like, and he sounds like the brother from Napoleon Dynamite. Like God. <laughs> Jesus, just I just had some bad pork. Okay, uh, I, I checked I, out. <laughs> it doesn't get it's like okay it's really like drawn out and it's i don't know it's creepy but it's not i don't know so there's yeah, a guy definitely not big brother watching it's definitely not watching big brother with your wife there's a guy that does comedy in chicago named doby maxwell and I, I met him when I went up there once. And um, he used to be a radio DJ in Milwaukee. And when the Dahmer story broke, uh, they were covering it on their radio station. So they got a copy of the police report 
and then like the police stopped you could just, people would just get any police report for like just by paying for the pages that they xerox that on and then they stopped doing that because a lot of people were interested in that and so i saw him post this morning he goes he goes uh yeah i got this police report and uh, if anybody wants it just subscribe to my email list <laughs> keep track of shows and i'll, I'll send you 10 pages of grizzly uh yeah. murder <laughs> details you guys so. want to learn about a dead body underneath a bed and a head in a refrigerator <laughs> people dig people yeah. dig serial killers man it's a weird thing but i'll tell you it what is? they never give I up i love on it, it man I, I'm, more into, I'm more into the uh, BTK. Yeah, yeah, that uh, guy's I'm a big creepy. fan of him too. You can watch too the the um, you can watch the him admitting to it to the cops, and he's literally just being like, "Yeah, so I just went to the Red Sox and I got hammered, and I don't know." Then all of a sudden, there's just like a bunch of dead people, you know? Well, like the, he just the, fa like, the fact of the matter, so matter is is that the re the, his is more interesting because. You can you can do his thing and stop before the murder, and it's still pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, and like the way he got discovered, not to you know. To Spoiler alert: Forty yeah. years ago. Yeah, but it was like he wrote like the the church newsletter on his computer, and they like matched the style <laughs> of writing or something. So. Yeah, yeah, it is yeah. some. Yeah, that. It, so it I is... subscribe to that church newsletter as a result. <laughs> yeah, and, and the did, it's been real slow since he left. <laughs> but, uh... It's not as well written. <laughs> yeah. Didn't one girl get away too? Wasn't that half of how they caught him? There, there was a girl and her brother, and the girl got away, and they killed the brother. Something I don't know. Like Someone that. always. It's been a while since away. it's been a while yeah. since I watched that uh, that duck. But... Yeah. yeah, that that one was a I during COVID. Them. We would watch Dayline all the time. We'd watch Dayline all the time. And one thing I learned, I, I is that I, another show that you've shown up on, just kind of out yeah, on the street. No. <laughs> the audition for yeah, Mike was interviewed outside of. I uh, actually got retweeted by Dateline because I was watching after, it so much. After the Craigslist killer was caught, Mike was hanging around the hotel waiting to be interviewed. <laughs> hey, hey, the the Craigslist killer died in the jail I worked at actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but um, I I said I were like we're watching Dateline and it was something about how a, a girlfriend or wife killed the husband or boyfriend over something stupid. And she, she ended up like hiding the body. And I said, and I, I, I wish I remember the tweet, but it was something like my dateline episode will be, will be, uh, I told you to clean up the crumbs on the floor will be the title, something like that. And dateline retweeted it and like made some funny comment. And I was famous for it was famous for shorter than the Steve Kerr incident. See, I don't watch but, dateline, uh, but I always think about the guy that was catching the predators. Was oh it? yeah, That's and him, then that right? guy got messed up. Chris Hansen, then he got caught doing something. Oh, he was part of the Me Too crowd. So what? Yeah, it's questionable. But, um, but one thing I, I've learned about Dateline is if you ever hire a hitman, that it has to be over twenty five thousand dollars, really over fifteen thousand dollars. Because if it's under that, they're all have Dateline episodes, and the hitman <laughs> is just like, yeah, Jeff Taylor paid me seven thousand dollars to kill his wife. <laughs> it's hey, like, listen, and then they screw up. I fix wrap. my own plumbing. I mow my own lawn. <laughs> I'll kill my own wife. All right, I'm not Sean going. Max's his own floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Well, we didn't get to the news, but I guess the news was breaking news. Matt Kona and I will not be on this a season of The Amazing Race, sadly. <laughs> 
That yeah. is breaking this is, an ever, this is an evergreen episode. You don't need to hunker down with the news. I like yeah, I like yeah, that. Exactly. I, I really do. Th- I, I seriously, though, you guys should not uh, give up on this. I feel like uh, you should continue to send in for that that amazing race. I think we well, should. I, Mike, do you think I, we should be? We you think we should send it to be a survivor too, Mike. Do you think survivor? you could survive well, on I've an been doing game. I was doing game shows when I was out in LA. I would do practice game shows. They give me a hundred to two hundred bucks. I would play the game show for the producers, and they were all like, "You're going to be on the first episode of the show. You are amazing at the show." And then you never hear back from them. And then once they came to, I want to say, uh, uh, Chris Macuano, who we work with, Dirty. Dirty Waters is his character name. I don't think he, he pronounced his last name correctly. At I, all, I don't think I did, one. but whatever. It doesn't matter. I never pronounced anyone's name correctly. And so he did something for Beach Zam, and they came to him. And then we did. We went through everything. I signed. They sent over. Like, I had to print out, like, 50 pages of legal work. And I initialed it. We both did it. We both initialed, signed, sent it back. And they're like, okay. You're going to hear from us in the next week and you got you're going to have to fly to L.A. or something like that to be on the show. And we're like done. And then we just never heard from them again. Mm-hmm. Same thing. They just ghost you. Up. But that that one, we signed legal paperwork for it. And the legal paperwork was actually messed up because it was like we're just on that one game show. And even if we're the first people off and only won like a thousand dollars, Fox would own us for the next like five years or something like that. Like if I so say I did some stand up and I blew up and Netflix was like, we want you to do a Netflix special. Fox would be like, no, no, no. He's our guy. Like it would be like I Sounds signed like a, a good problem to have. I, yeah. yeah. What, what kind of what kind of stand up specials is Fox? Fox do. I don't know. But but they would be in they're like literally in control. If you're trying to be famous. Like they can squash. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, that any any entertainment lawyer could get you out of that contract real, real easy. Quick. Yeah, I would yeah. think. I would think yeah. so. Well, well, uh, Matt Kona, Matt Breen, whoever you really are, uh, I want to thank Arch, you, Max MMA, Martial Arts. Yeah. Yes, I want to thank you for this uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, guest spot on the Mike O'Brien Show. I really want to thank you for coming on, for being my friend, and for thinking of me. Uh, after thinking of four other people before you uh, chose your partner for the amazing race that we never got on. Hey, Tom Brady wasn't the first choice as quarterback, you know. That's right. It should have been Michael Bishop. I still stand by that to this day. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm a a Damon Heward guy. (laughs) Yeah, no, I thought it was John Freeze. Was it John Freeze? I think Damon Heward was later. They had four quarterbacks, though. They They had John Freeze or Damon Heward. Michael Bishop and Tom Brady and Drew Bledsoe, obviously, too. Well, all right, folks. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening to The Michael Bryan Show. Jeffrey Taylor down in Orlando, Florida. Matt Kona in Quincy, Massachusetts, the present moment. Myself, Michael Bryan, Boston, Massachusetts. want to thank you for all for listening to us today. Uh, like, subscribe, tell everybody, retweet, re-do uh, all that stuff. Push all the buttons, I guess. Just make sure we have more people listening to this podcast. I think that's something we should all do, right? Yeah, tell we a friend in that. Taiwan. Bump those tell, numbers up. Well, let's yeah. get the numbers up in Taiwan. Seth Robinson, please tell more friends about the show. Uh, we will be back next week with a, a amazing uh, program. I'm sure I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Not an amazing race program. Not an amazing race program. Sadly not. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, we love you all equally and ta-ta for now. <laughs>